0: everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship podcast. This is episode 68. uh, And today I'm talking to the purveyors of uh, test depth. It's a bunch of submarine veterans that uh, did, they basically created a clothing and lifestyle brand based on their observation, which is funny because it's similar to mine on like Chief stuff and Naval Heritage stuff, where it was their observation that there wasn't really a submarine Uh, There wasn't submarine representation in the lane of uh, like clothing and lifestyle stuff. It's like uh, we we all are extremely proud of what we do for a living. And uh, for whatever reason, there's not a brand out there that's fits the taste of uh, young people uh, primarily, I think. But even just like a more professional and like higher end uh, style. And I like, I really appreciate where they're going with it. And uh, I'm a big fan of it because I go into the Navy prize section at like the next or something looking for a shirt and can't find anything I'd actually wear in public. So I'm a big fan of the concept. They also do a podcast called only on the midwatch. They're trying to create like a uh, basically just like a little bubble for submariners in a lot of different ways. And uh, so they do a, a cool podcast where it's a bunch of bubbleheads, generally just <laughs> talking about bubblehead things. So it's it's pretty cool. I enjoy it, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Cord, you guys should see the waveform and all that stuff. It says recording in progress. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah see that. Cool. How, how's our
1: right. uh, sound quality?
0: It's pretty good, man. You guys sound good. I've done everything from like people with fucking gaming headsets and AirPods on and shit. So you guys sound good. Okay. Cool, cool. Um. So yeah. So like I said when we talked before, I clicked record. Just I'll. I don't care who starts, but just give you guys like a quick background what you guys have done, uh, and then kind of what led you to what you're doing now, and then we'll go from there. And we can get into the the details of how test depth and on the midwatch started probably later, so you don't have to get into that. Just like kind of background okay. in the navy, etc. Yeah. Yeah. All
2: right. Oh, right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do like an introduction or something.
0: No, I, I record it all separately, so you'll you'll hear that at the beginning of the episode. But yeah, nah, go ahead, okay, man. <laughs> um,
2: well, yeah, so uh, I'm Ellison and I uh, I decided to join the Navy back in 2014. Um well it was actually a long process, but um I was trying for like a couple years. Uh, but I joined the Navy. I didn't actually think I was gonna uh, be in the submarine force because I was one uh-huh. of those like cocky uh, cocky people who were like oh i'm gonna, gonna be go navy like-
0: seal rambo when i grow up <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, <I'm> exactly <laughs> oh, i was like nice. this is not gonna work out i'll just i, get this, I was uh, too if it makes you feel any better i ended up a cook i think every
1: i think again. every young man <laughs> had dreams of being yeah. a navy seal at some point for
0: sure
2: yeah and uh so it ended up going then i left for boot camp um as a submarine or on a submarine contract and um and that was all good and fine and i you know i had a good time in sub school and then i got to my first boat the uss helena um, out of, uh, uh, Naval Station Norfolk and, uh, yeah. Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, I had a good time on the, on that boat and, uh, I did one deployment, um, and saw some cool things, did some cool stuff. And, uh, and then I got out of the Navy in 2019, the summer of 2019 and moved to Colorado and, and started, um, going down a different path of setting up a uh, test depth and our podcast only on the midwatch and uh, going from there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I like kind of
1: accidentally joined the submarine forest.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got drunk <laughs> on my way to college. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it was, it was like, I was, I was trying to join the Navy, but I was doing the whole, uh, like we just talked about, I was trying to be a seal and I, I had done all the, um, the testing for it, like the physical test, and I passed everything, and I was getting ready to get put in the draft, and then they uh, they saw that I had a knee surgery in my medical history, and they're like, "Oh, you need a waiver for that," and I was like, "Okay, when is it gonna? How long is that gonna take?" And they're like, oh, "About three months," and I was like, "Well, I'm supposed to go to boot camp in two months uh, with those orders that you gave me that I was just gonna switch out for the SEAL contract when I got that." And they're like, "Yeah, we can't we can't change that because you signed up for submarines." I was like, "Well, why didn't you guys?" Tell me not to sign up for because
0: <laughs> they wanted be good to fill to that know. submarine quota. Yeah, that's how they yeah. get you. Fucking recruiters. Yeah. I love yeah. you guys, uh, but c- uh, rec- ah, recruiters, man, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, they got me good. They got me good. <laughs> yeah, they got um, all of us good. But <laughs> uh,
1: I don't. I don't regret it honestly. Though, like it was, I had such a good time uh, on my boat, and um, did two deployments. I uh, sent common and ecom, so I got to travel a ton nice. with the navy. It wasn't like vacationing, but it was travel, so. Yeah. Uh, Went uh, over to Submarine Special Projects out in Washington from Norfolk and uh, worked uh, with the newly established UUV Squadron, uh, Unmanned Underwater Vehicles, and uh, worked there for a couple of years and got out, and now I'm doing uh, government contractor work out in San Diego. Uh, Right now, I'm working with uh, Unmanned Surface Vessels, so. That's pretty cool, cool.
0: yeah. That's sick, man. Yeah, I did uh, some project stuff on a submarine, and it was awesome. Coolest I've ever done in my life. Here, here I'm telling you guys not to curse, and there I go. Look at me. That's because I started. (laughs) (sighs) Lead by example. Um, awesome. So yeah, so how do you guys know each other? It was uh, you guys on the same boat.
2: Yeah, we were on the Helena together. He was actually uh, Josh was there before I got there, and uh, we kind of I think we kind of connected on the fact that we did have the similar uh, induction into the submarine force or yeah. like, you know, butts helpful people. And you get, when you get to the, you know, I think you, we all remember when you get to the, fir- your first boat, you kind of, uh, you, you find the people that you're most similar to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Josh was one of those people. Um, gotcha. But yeah.
0: That's hilarious that you guys both said that too. Cause like I did the same thing. And then when I was, I was a command career counselor on that projects boat and, um, every single CDB I ever did, they're like, oh, like a nuke, like a nuke mechanic. It's like you're not doing anything but being a nuke for the rest of the time you're in the <laughs> Navy, unless you get disqualified medically or something. And it's like yeah. he's like, oh, I want to be a Navy SEAL, and it's just like, well, then why are you here? Like, how did this happen? Yeah. You <laughs> you clearly don't want it that bad because you might have Googled some stuff before you ended up here. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty hilarious how many people have that story, but. Uh, I was like, I wanted to be an FMF corpsman. So like it's hilarious. And then I was like, and then maybe if I like that, I'll because I'll, I have uh, Vietnam veteran Marine uncles and then my dad was a Vietnam vet in the Navy. And so it's like those dudes like I, my mom has these crazy stories, like my uh, uncle, like waking him up for lunch and he like jumps out of bed and he's like throwing her against the wall and stuff. And because he's like, you know, like he saw some crazy stuff in Vietnam as a Marine. and uh, yeah, he was an infantryman yeah. doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, um, so I was like real cautious cause I had heard these stories. Like I, he basically died from like rampant cocaine use. He was like a, he oh was a, God. uh, investigative journalist in Detroit. And, uh, yeah, he was just a, he was a dude with demons. And, um, and so like I heard all that growing up and I knew that story. And then I knew like my other uncles and some of the, like, I kind of heard a little bit like they, it's not something they talked about a lot, but like, I knew the cautionary tale piece, so I was like, maybe I'll try that. And if I like being an FMF corpsman, then I'll do that. And then same kind of thing. Like, I showed up to boot camp and there, um, I had a drug waiver for marijuana and said the same thing over and over again. But when I got there, they had, shockingly, Mephs had screwed up my paperwork and it said something about alcohol abuse. I'm like, "Bro, I've drank ever. Like I have alcoholic parents. Like I don't <laughs> I'm like, this isn't right." And so I'm thinking to myself like, "Maybe I want to make this career. I don't want my record to be screwed up." So at the moment of truth, I'm the idiot that's like raising my hand in the back oh,
1: going, "No." Yeah,
0: yep. I was that guy. I Man, I was trying to like be honest and <laughs> the things uh, that i thought i was supposed to do on a courage and commitment and all that so i get honor, up and, courage, yeah and i get up and this dude i don't know who he was some chief and some other people were in the room i don't remember it was a long time ago but i'm like yeah this says alcohol abuse i had a drug waiver and they're like looking through the paperwork I'm like oh you had a drug waiver and they're like yeah for what and i was like oh, it's for marijuana and like how many times did you use it because he found the the original paperwork and I said twice, is it's two times like that? And that's the same thing I said to my recruiter. It's The same thing I said at Maps when they gave me the waiver. Like, and he this mm-hmm. f- <laughs> out so this says recruit just starts face blasting oh my me. God. So then I had to redesignate in boot camp, and all I'd ever done is cook because they were like, I have a high Azab score. I was a dude. They were like, we'll give you twenty five grand and be like a IS or like a some flavor of CT and all this other crap. And here yeah. my. Idiot asses going like, Hey, I wanna be a cook, and they're like, No, you don't, you have a <laughs> you wanna do this. And they're I'm like, Man, it's the only thing I see in this because all I had was a blue jackets manual with like the little descriptions of like what you yeah. could do for a living. And I was freaking out. Like they said, like I talked to the reclassifier guy like once and he's like, You got like two days to decide and then when you come back you're gonna have to pick and uh so yeah, I was like I'm gonna be a cook, cool man. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up at a school and one of the chiefs that ran it was a submariner and for whatever reason, because like I've run the CSA school since then, and they didn't let me funnel people to submarines and I wanted to because we had that was right when enlisted women on submarines came out and um, there was a bunch of female students that were super going home and wanted to do it. Not like a ton. I mean, we had like a 60 40 split female to male and it was like you'd get like one every other class. But that was like, Mm -hmm. hell yeah, that ridiculousness sounds cool to me. Um, the rest of them didn't want anything to do with it, and uh, but he had the power apparently to like recruit submariners, so that's how I ended up on submarines. But yeah, that's man, awesome. Yeah. Well, so the like the I'm I'm pumped to talk. Like, I want to lo- know about test depth, and I want to know about on the midwatch, like which I'm familiar with because I've like I own a T-shirt and uh, I've listened to a few podcasts. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a sick shirt, man. I took oh, it with yeah, me on my T trip. I love that thing um Thanks. but I, like we'll get to that at the end because i'm a big supporter of veteran-owned businesses as well i just want to like blast you guys out there and hopefully it gets you guys some uh, business but also like because you guys are effectively junior enlisted submariners um it it's interesting for me because like i'm on the cusp of being a cob like i had this misadventure with cancer this year so if, if they might tell me no uh, medically wise but um i'm almost qualified and i plan on if i get cleared i'm gonna go be a cob and I'm super interested to have conversations about like like what your experiences were with chiefs on the boat, and then like what if they were negative, why, and kind of we'll get into some of that, and then especially like what you guys looked for or wanted in a cob if you didn't already have it. Um, but we you can start with wherever you want, but like I'm super curious as to like how you guys perceive chiefs, what your relationships were with them, if you have any examples that'd be awesome, but like kind of what your perception was. Uh, was of them when you were on your boat
2: yeah i'll let um i'll let josh go first just because uh he you know he got to e6 and he's got more experience with that and then i'll give it from a less experienced version yeah. afterward
1: yeah so i guess it, it was my experiences were very wide and varied they uh it, it very much depended on the personality and how it meshed with my personality, yeah. and I was a pretty, I was a pretty driven person. And individually, so there was never anybody that had to force me to do anything. I was always looking for ways to to do my job right. Uh, so I very rarely had a negative interaction. Um, that was, you know, that was for coming from uh, someone in a position of leadership. Um, but some of, I could definitely tell who. Um, who actually had, it's it's almost like a talent and a natural talent to be a good leader. Um, There is definitely things that you can learn and get better at, but there's also like you got it or you don't. Sometimes Um, some, some people are just, they're, they're kind of introverted and Mm. they don't, uh, they don't express themselves well to other people. And that is a huge drawback for someone who's, you know, a junior person coming out to a new place and, you don't have someone and that's a good leader. Um, I had a really good chief and I had a not so good chief. Mm-hmm. I had some okay first classes, I guess. Um, but as far as like senior leadership, I had anything, everything from a really like, like it's happened to CEO that you would never want to, if you were talking to the CEO, you probably, you probably messed up. Yeah. Um and he everyone kind of shut up when he when he entered the room because no one wanted to get to get yelled at. And then I had the CEO that like every time he walked in the room, people started joking with him like he was he yeah. was a really cool guy. And we uh,
0: we we talked to the guy to this day like he's a friend. Um, Do you think that like the so part of the natural talent for leadership that I think people point at and and recognize as that? Like, do you, do you think that it's more like it's just like an authenticity or like a, a- a personal's a person's ability to just be empathetic and, and care about you guys, and it, like that's what's coming across. Or do you think it's like just somebody's born with like a n- no joke natural leadership talent?
1: Man, I I really do think that it's a it's a it's like you're ever, you're ever played baseball as a kid, yeah. Okay, so when you're really young, there's not a whole lot of um skill, right? Like, yeah, yeah. there's just. It's it, everyone kind of sucks a little bit, but there's always like one or two kids. That they're, they're just, they're just good. Like yeah, how, athletes, how does a kid? Yeah. yeah like a kid yep. that's like 13 years old, 14 years old, throwing 80, 90 miles an hour. Like how does, how is that possible? It's it's straight up just natural. Yeah. And sometimes there's people that are even, you could tell when they're real young that like they're well-spoken. They, they do what they need to do. they, are like and genuine genuinely nice to other people and not just being nice because they have to be and they're approachable and then they grow into a leader you and you can see them growing into a position of leadership and then when they and you could tell the difference between a leader that like really has the trust of the people that work for him and you could tell the difference between a leader who people just kind of give into him because if you don't you're going to get in trouble.
0: Yeah, it's going to hurt more than, <laughs> if you right. resist. Yeah, like that's. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I think I, I think part God. of part of it is uh is definitely. Oh, sorry. My computer screen went black for a second. <laughs> I think part of it is uh, definitely natural. Um, but I, I also I, I feel like like Josh was saying, there are only there's a small percentage of people who just have it naturally, who just like you can tell you yeah. meet them and interact with them. And you're like, this guy is just a people person and he's selfless. And that, you know, naturally manifests into good leadership. I think the most, for from my experiences, I feel like uh, the, even with what's going on in, in in our society now, I feel like poor leadership has a lot to do with the lack of uh, yeah. empathy, whether that's your choice yeah. to, to not be empathetic or whether you just as a person like, aren't naturally empathetic. But whenever I, whenever I see people who like, I feel like don't have like the best leadership qualities and I see someone who does have good leadership qualities, it's, it's always to do with empathy. I mean, as, as far as like the, the first thing that tells me whether or not they're, they're good or not is because if you can have empathy and put yourself in someone else's shoes, you would understand that, you know, the things yeah. that make you not a good leader, aren't the things that you would want to do. Cause that's, it, it's, it's, in turn, not good for the person you're trying to lead your subordinate. It makes their life difficult, however you're going to be. But if you're empathetic, you make that choice to be empathetic. You're only going to uh, come at it from a place of, of, you know, genuineness and be like, I wouldn't tell you to do anything that I wouldn't do. And this is yeah. why I'm telling you to do this, because this is how how it makes sense. And this is what affects the overall picture. So
0: Right. Yeah. And I the empathy thing is interesting because I've been talking lately about a lot about like humanizing chiefs just because I feel like there's this weirdness that happens when you make the transition where it's like we talk, we say a lot of the things that sound good. Like we say, I mean, I don't know if the word empathy is said much outside of people like me, but like they say, like, you know, lead by example and like st- like almost exactly what you just said verbatim about don't, you know, not having your people do things you're not willing to do and explain it if you can and make it make sense to them and build that trust and all that stuff. And, and like we... Like lead from the front, lead by example—all those things. Like you hear a lot of that stuff parroted during the chief season, but then when you, you, you like while you're going through initiation, you also you just feel this need to like act a different kind of way. Like like oh, I'm a chief now, so I gotta like conform to this environment around me, and it's it's a lot of times kind of weirdly vague about what that even means. So they just start trying to fake it till they make it, and they start like like living those caricatures that we all make fun of when we're junior (laughs) (laughs) listening about like all the dumb stuff chiefs do. And so it's, it's this weird pressure where they like, they feel like they have to be right all the time and they feel like they have to like, you know, uphold the standards and hold people accountable and do all those things. And apparently that means like walking around knife handed people and like uh, ruling with an iron fist. And none of that works ever. Um, like there's moments for coercive, like authoritative leadership, but they're super rare. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it's, it's bizarre.
2: I think that's like a good segue into my, my, uh, experience with like leadership and, and chiefs in general is, um, for, for me, you know, mine was only limited to five years of active duty service. Um, but, uh, for me, I felt like It was a very clear, it was very clear in the military to see who was like drinking from the Kool-Aid or drinking the Kool-Aid and who kind of was like, um, not about that. And, and that's kind of like what made me either like a chief or not. Um, you know, make me want to like genuinely follow a chief or just be like, I'm just going to comply because it's in my best interest. You know, there's the chiefs that like, are like, I'm a chief, I've got anchors on, you know? Um, respect the goat locker because that's the way it is, and there's a lot of them. That's that's that was yeah um, yeah a lot and of my experience.
0: That's what I mean by like that type of thing. It, it feels like that's the thing that they when they walk in and, and read the room, they're like, oh, I got to be that. I got to conform to that. You know, like there's that yeah. pressure. It's weird.
2: My my favorite my favorite Chiefs though were were the ones who, you know, because I'm not naive like. There's a game that we're all playing, whether it's the Navy, whether it's life, whether it's, I don't know, your, your personal relationships, there's a game and you've got to play it. And it's kind of annoying, but that's just how it is. Right. So we've all got to play this. We've all got to play this freaking game. But my favorite chiefs were the ones that like, just did it so like gracefully that you could you didn't really have to try to cut through their bs you know like yeah. they were like i am a chief and we do have like this ranking recognition structure but like you understand like they 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 just led by example or if they couldn't necessarily explain things to you right off the bat their track record and consistency was so on par that you didn't have to question it like i didn't have yeah. to yep. i knew they were good people because of of the walk that they walked for they months that yeah. i've known they, them yeah. you know yep. so yeah, yeah, man, I I feel,
0: I, uh, I feel like it's a it's a weird conversation to have, but it's like I feel like chiefs need to be like when when you're indoctrinating them into this culture, which it's what that's what's happening during initiation is it's it's like a, it, I feel like the conversation needs to be prioritized that like, look, this is a thing you do. That's not who you are. And I think that's what the line that you're that you're talking about is like. The people that are are doing it right and taking care of you because they know you're like if I if I die tomorrow on my gravestone I wanted to I wanted to say like it's about the people like the people are the mission like it because. What fails to get understood is like like chiefs like to be like, we're the backbone of the Navy. It's like, no, you're not like the junior sailors are like you're the your only job is to take care of them so they can do the mission. That's your only job. And like on submarines, that line gets blurred a little bit because like I was sitting in the dive chair for like eight hours a day, seven days a week. So like was I I was part of do, actually doing it instead of just leading. But it's like realistically, like our primary mission as chiefs is to take care of you guys so that you're best equipped to do the thing. Cause like your guys are the ones doing it. Like I'm the one that's like planning and like mm-hmm. uh, organizing the logistics of and training and doing all the things to get you ready, giving you time off if you needed to go, you know, get ready. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I like, I don't, it, I don't understand why we get into this weird place where it's like so much value is placed on the chief's mess. It's, it's weird. Cause it's like, like, not that there's not value there. Like, I am a Kool-Aid drinking true believer. I posted this thing on on uh, Instagram and Facebook yesterday. It's like pictures of the room I'm standing in right now. And it's mm-hmm. it's because I, I was doing those Teaching of the Creed podcasts. And it's like, we're talking about these things. And I'm criticizing certain aspects of and saying, like, like just pointing at the weak spots and saying we can do better. Doesn't mean, I like, I am the dictionary definition of a Kool-Aid drinking true believer as far as like what chiefs can do. And like, like the mess and the history and heritage and all those things. Like, I I love it, but it's like, because I love it, I want to point at the weak spots and be like, we can do better. And, and that, I think that's what you're describing is like, look, man, like this is not your identity. This is like, (laughs) go ahead.
2: I think, I think the Kool-Aid drinking is absolutely, uh, uh, I would say necessary and good. It's like not a bad thing. Like, I mean, I, I, I think that people who are gung ho about whatever branch of service they're doing, whatever yeah. position they're filling, or whatever job they do, I think that's great. I mean, you want to be positive, you want to enjoy your job, you want to um, motivate individuals to to buy into that, so you guys can make a, a good team. Um, but I, like, I had a I had a I had a senior chief who's a master chief now. I think he's a, or he's probably done being a cop, but he was uh, very effective, in my opinion, because one, he had years of experience and part of it kind of goes with his personality, but he could, he could read people, read the, read the guys in the division and understand how he needed to, to speak to them, to get them to complete day-to-day tasks. Right. Like for example, he might talk to petty officer uh, or, you know, uh, PO2, uh, and explain to him exactly why we got to get this update done or something like that. Whereas he might talk to, uh, P 3 and be like i need you to go over there and not really give him much of an explanation but like he knew exactly how he did, had to talk to people yeah yep. um to to get things done and where you have another chief however who might be like his entire time before his or her entire time before he got to chief he was just like man i can't wait to make second class so i can tell these dudes what to do because i don't want to yeah. do it or like yeah. they just there's not a lot some chiefs make chief and they don't have the character that is indicative of a good chief or a good leader and unfortunately that's where uh that's i think that's the responsibility of the chief's mess and uh the you know whatever powers that be that reviews these chiefs uh prospective chiefs of evals and stuff like that it needs to be better to figure out how how developed that person's character is. Are they actually ready to be yeah, chiefs yet? Dude. Or are you just going off of their evals because they have yeah. X collateral duty and they filled right. C billets for, you know, two times now and this, that, and a third. I mean, if you really want to have like a highly efficient and motivated unit, you know, character is important.
0: Yeah. And and that's what's gross about it is I have a lot of conversations about truth and reporting, right? And it's just like, we're talking about evals, and and you're in a position where you're reviewing a record. Um, you only have like the the things reviewed at a chiefs board are you have a the PSR, which is like a summary of evals and and like the commands you've been at and all that stuff. So it's just like a if you've ever logged into BOL and clicked your ODC OSR PS, PSR, it's just mm-hmm. like a summary of all your promotion ratings, your trade averages in relation to your CO's average average for that group, and then just got like the command you're at and all that crap. And then you've got um their actual evaluations like the pdf file that's like their actual no joke evals um you got some it's uh, field codes like so you go for i think it's 30 to 38 but so like you'll have like adverse information admin remarks um awards and then if they submit a letter to the board with like stuff they thought was missing that the board should see blah blah, blah. so but the, like that's all you have and the primary document is the evaluation so like if block 43 says you're the greatest thing ever and it's got, you're punching all the wickets and you're, you're progressing and you're ranked and you've got the promotion ratings you should have and blah, blah, blah. You, that's all you have to go off of. Even if I'm sitting there, like even if the board member knows that guy personally, and he's a not a guy that should, you know, not somebody that should be promoting the chief. You're not like number one. If I know the guy personally, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be the one doing that. Cause it's, there's a conflict there, but you can't like yeah. bring any of that into it. You can't like if I know some information that isn't documented in a guy's record, I can't say anything. So it's like you, you you have to like bite your tongue. And it's like the the reporting seniors that are responsible for documenting that, like the the chiefs that are writing those first classes evals like and it's it's gross, too, because our system is set up in a way where it's like you're, you can either say like good things better things or like really great things like i can't say like you're not ready i can't write in any i have to like write this code to the board that says like petty officer smith is is has the potential to develop into an outstanding leader and like not mention the word chief in block 43 and that's communicating to the and then like there's some other markers like how your trade average relates to the CEO's average and all that well, other that,
2: crap but at that point my question would be like who's who's if, if we have a system basically that's set up to allow uh, individuals to reach the level of chief or, you know, a leadership uh, rank, just because they're in long enough, even if they don't have like the normal, you know, they're on pace at as far as their progress goes uh, yeah. ladder wise. Um, if they can just... Just make chief from being in long enough and doing what they need to. At that point, whose responsibility is it to make sure that we're trying to get this chief to be the right kind of chief he's supposed to be? Is there an idea that we even know what
0: kind of chief chiefs are supposed to be? Well, God, there's so many questions there. So first, first, I don't think the system is necessarily like it. if you have ridiculous quotas every year, then, yeah, I mean, people are promoting that probably shouldn't be. It, that That's the opinion that I hold that because I've seen it happen um where you know like if you've got somebody that's got like greater than a 50% promotion like quota like a mm-hmm. whatever you know you know what i'm saying i'm i'm yeah. butchering words right now but like if <laughs> if it's greater than 50% that's prob like it's too many because you get into this place where you're you're grading a record that is like it's a it's a somebody that's just existing like i had a cop that used to say that guys just stealing oxygen when we were underway like they're not they're not doing anything. <laughs> they're just like barely staying qualified to watch. And they're not like going out of their work center or going out of their normal career progression or doing any of the like punching any of the the blocks like they qualified senior rate and then just stopped and just started existing. And that's it. And so it's like that guy probably shouldn't be a chief or girl. Like, I mean, I haven't had and I've only had enlisted uh, ride a boat, but uh, we had female officers on the last submarine. But it's. um. It's it's I don't think it's necessarily set up that way, but it does happen because if you got a giant quota like most of the time and quotas do get returned probably more often than people think, but I don't think enough quotas get returned and I don't think it happens often enough where they just decide look like because you, if you read the precepts, you've got fully qualified, which is like meets the bare minimum requirements to be a chief and then you've got best of fully qualified so we we basically identify who's fully qualified and then you decide okay of that group that is actually qualified to to the bare minimum requirements we start based on the quota selecting like who the best of that group is but sometimes <laughs> like you have 60 quotas and you only have 40 fully qualified people and there's a lot of times where groups are just like cuz a lot of the stuff is subjective if you ever I'm dorking out on this a little bit but if you ever um, go to the enlisted community manager page for your career field. Uh, you'll have at least call it a ladder. Now they call it a um, enlisted community. Um, path, I think enlisted career path, God community, not community enlisted career path. And it's, it's just a, where kind of like the things you should be doing as you progress. And then at the bottom, it says uh, considerations for somebody promoting from E6, to E7, E7, to E8, E8, to E9. And it lists a bunch of stuff. So, uh submarine supply, like we have hard and fast requirements. Like thou shalt be an LPO at sea or shore. That's a fully qual or that's a best or yeah, fully qualified. And then um you have to be qualified either leading LS or leading CS. It's just a you know, it's a qual in Gnosis or CTQS or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And so you have to have those two things bare minimum, and then obviously like not suck record wise. Like you have to at least be punching the promotable block. That's technically fully qualified. And then best of is like, you're looking for chief of the watch. You're looking for duty chief. You're looking for dive. You're looking for all those things. And like sustained superior performance and leadership positions at sea is the number one consideration. So you have all those things, but a lot of them are considerations like that word. like So it's subjective. So you end up with people promoting that probably shouldn't. So there's that piece of it. Um, the second part of it is like, whose job is it? Is it's the chief's mess job? Unfortunately, Sometimes so like when people promote that shouldn't be, it's it's technically it's the chiefs mess doing it. So it's we own that um, because every year you see like the board membership, the people that are, are going there and selecting chiefs. It's it's a whole bunch of senior chiefs and mass chiefs doing it um, so that we select ourselves and then we're then stuck with the result of that um operating within a system that needs like direly needs updating because of the quota driven system. like you get certain ratings where everybody's lighting the world on fire and you don't have a lot of quotas just based on the construct of that community. So you get a whole bunch of like EP say of the year types that I'm picking from that group and then you get, you know like God help me, but like CSS is, you get guys that are like they, they're they real scared to get out of the galley because their normal career progression it's like you're set up in a way where you're in this little bubble almost where you're you're not doing a lot of the normal submarine things except for getting your dolphins and so like quals freak freak cooks out a lot of time like it it was a little harder for me like once i got up there and started doing it i'm like oh i can do this like this isn't that hard but um, it takes me a while to grasp that stuff. I'm not a mechanically inclined human. So like I'm looking at schematics and learning valve numbers and power supplies and how all these systems interface so that I can drive the submarine and, you know, organize damage control response from control and all that crap. It's like, that is still freaks me out, man. D- I never got used to stand and dive. Like I was terrified every watch, um, yeah. but it was, I, I still, still couldn't, but still to this day, can't believe they let me do that. Um, and now they're probably gonna let me be a cop, which is hilarious. Um, so there, there's, it's, it's on the chief's mess. Like, and I, and I say that a lot, like there's this thing that happens during chief's initiation at the end and it's called acceptance, right? So it's, it's supposed to largely be, uh, I mean, a symbolic event, right? So you go through all the initiation thing as a select where you're not a first class anymore, but you're not quite a chief. So you go through all this training, you do all the things, there's all these milestones and you get to that point at the end of like the final night events, like all the things that people think are like, we're sacrificing, like effigies in the woods or something like it's that final (laughs) night thing at the end there's a moment called acceptance where uh like they do sometimes it's a bunch of like cobs and mass chiefs and stuff sometimes it's just everybody in the chief's mess and they have to um they have to get to a point where they're and it's it's pretty easy to recognize like generally people get uh emotional in some way whether it's like they get passionate and start yelling or they break down and start crying or whatever but they get to the point where they let their guard down finally and decide to trust us. And at that point it's you're accepted. Right. And, and it's a symbolic thing. Like you're waiting for that moment of recognition in their minds where it's like, just let it go, man. Like, <laughs> like just be, mm-hmm. be emotionally vulnerable with us, trust us. And then that's it. And that's the the moment where they're like, all right, you can see it in their eyes immediately. The recognition where like, okay, we got them. Um, it's, sometimes warped yeah it's sometimes warped into this weird thing where uh people are just like no they're not ready they're not ready i'm not accepting them they're not ready i'm like okay dummy like this is not a literal moment of acceptance it's a symbolic moment where because if you get to that moment and you have a chief select that you're just vehemently opposed to putting on anchors guess who failed it wasn't the chief select Like, I know you want to point the finger and say, yeah, the chiefs failed to train that person because I just spent how many years writing in block 43 that they're the greatest thing since freaking Wonder Bread. And then they got promoted. Whoops. So now I need to decide like to do my job because I didn't earlier. Apparently, I don't know, like whoever, like if this idiot is deciding at that moment that they didn't get that they're not like worthy or whatever. It's like somebody screwed up along the way, right? Or they didn't, mm-hmm. and you're just doing a crap job of of shepherding them through the initiation season. But when you get to that moment, it's not literal; it's figurative; it's it's symbolic. So it's if you get to that moment and you're deciding like this person is just going to make a crappy chief. Well, that's you failed as a leader. The and and the mess owns that. Like chiefs failed there, and chiefs need to like pick up the pieces, put them back together, and and train that person, hold that person accountable. Sometimes it's character flaws, like you were talking about earlier, where like. They know what they're supposed to do. They're competent enough to do it. They're just there's character flaws there where they want to cut corners or they want to like sit in the in the quarters with a, right. a coffee mug or they want to be tyrants or whatever. Um, it it's very depend and that's what I could go on for days, man. You guys got me fired up about this topic. Um, no, the, obviously this is, I, we're, we're just enjoying listening. At dude, this point yeah. People talk about I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm going to get butchered on Reddit because the, like I talk about oh, interviews and, and they're like, oh, it's not even an interview. You're the only one talking. Why don't you even bring them on? I'm like, it's a discussion. I, I started, <laughs> I started calling them discussions. So shut up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. And then the, the last part of it is like, um, it's hard it's hard to explain but it's like the the leaders that come out the other end it's like you it never stops and i think and that's why i talk so much about like the culture of the chiefs mess and how culturally i think we need to change and a big thing i was talking about during the teaching of the creed episodes is the chief's creed which if you guys have never read that i encourage you to read it and then start scratching your head with a confused look on your face because it's not really a creed it's like a it's a great paragraph, and there's a lot of good things in it. There's some stuff that I don't like. Um, the word exalted appears, so just like uh, that's, I'm like, come on, like just one. And it this, they caveat it with the word exalted is used advisedly, but whatever that means. But I'm just like, come on, like the one line that and figure get a th- get a thesaurus in your life. But uh, it looks like what it appears to me, just based on the the number of years of experience training chiefs. What it looks like is somebody like, hey, we need a creed. Uh, what's a, what's that? Oh, well, it's like this thing that says what we do. And somebody had like this really great paragraph from a chief's pinning ceremony script. And they like you. Well, this is great. Let's use this. And if you really examine like like look at the sailors creed, look at the Navy ethos, look at any creed. Like I, I did the, the episode I did where we talked about this at length was with a naval special warfare tech that had been to Ranger school. And he t- like read the Ranger creed to me. I think it was it might have been airborne school. One of those. Um, and it's it's I statements or we statements. It's very definitive. Like, this is what we, right. who we are and what we do. And it's like, there's no question about what our, our mission is and what our values are. And like, this is where we're going. Get behind and follow you kind of thing. But
2: the chief screed sounds like he told a third class to do it.
0: <laughs> to uh, no, it I mean, <laughs> it just it sounds it's it's vague. It's there's a lot of room to read between the lines and some of the room that they allowed for like reading between those lines is troubling because it's like when you read it, it's like it talks about like privileges, which I f- that word. I just want to like strike from our vocabulary, but talks about privileges and responsibilities do not appear in print. OK, that well, that's a problem. Somebody needs to write them the fuck down then because that's like <laughs> that's like I'm the guy that's like always fired up about like, where's the book? Like, where's the policy? And then it talks about the exalted thing. And like uh, it, it talks a lot about like how you're entering this this fellowship of of like these great like leaders i guess that it, it's like you you now have to carry the burden of like maintaining that which is true and there's a lot of i don't know there's a lot of really good stuff in there but then it almost yeah, it compares it right us, now it's, it's it not, compares it us to other like services yeah it compares us to other services ncos as like we're better or something which i hate it's not even a little true um, I actually think there's things that we should probably do more like the Army and the Air Force and the Marine Corps do. But yeah, if you read it, man, it's like it it you don't there are good things, there are bad things, but what you don't walk away from it with is a really clear vision of who we are and what we do. And I think yeah, that's like a, a giant statement. problem. Yeah. It's a giant problem. Because you yeah. because because then the whole organization is built on a faulty foundation. You're like why, you know, like, why are we doing the things that we're doing? And you're like, I don't know, go back to the source document. Well, what's that? It's the creed. And then you read it. And literally, like the the podcasts I'm recording for the, the course that we facilitate every year, that's a requirement before you can frock a chief is called teaching to the creed. And it's based on excerpts from what you're reading right now. And it's like, read that and tell me tell me that that doesn't illustrate to you that like why we have some of the problems we have you know what i mean like it's it, well what, again, do you, I, what
2: do you think what do you think needs to to change in the chiefs quarters because i mean you're obviously very passionate about this topic yeah. and i mean uh, from a from a junior standpoint so the the weird thing that was gonna be probably weird for Josh and I to talk about it um, which is I mean it's good that we're talking about this now so so other people can listen to it and chime in however but um, um from a juniors or from a e1 to e6 perspective I feel and I, I probably a lot of people feel that our words would fall on deaf ears because at this at that point when you are a chief you are like you every most chiefs come to the um to any sort of naysayers or any sort of like confrontation from e6 and below with the fact that like you're not a chief so you wouldn't understand like you're not a chief so so like like you just don't get the level of responsibility that i have to I like mean, jump across this ravine to get to to like you know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> yeah so that's a that's an easy button um it's not that that it's one of those things that it's like there are moments where I can't explain it to you, and I don't mean like I can't tell you why Homeboy got Sailor of the Year and you didn't necessarily, but like, I, and I kind of can, but like, th- there are things like that where I like I can't tell you what the eval rankings are until we sign evals. Stuff like people use those as examples, and mm-hmm. I think those are really obvious. And I don't think that any E6 and below are questioning those things at all. Like they, it's obvious; they totally understand why those things are are secret, right? Right. There are there are things that happen in there that I like and it's but it's rare where it's like I like like when, for instance, one of the things I use in his example, and and I'm not saying that sweeping things under the rug has never happened in the history of the Navy, because of course it has. But (laughs) as far as like chief screwing up, right, like so say we're in a foreign liberty port, right, and chief Smith does something stupid. And it, of course, the whole boat knows by zero eight the next morning. Oh, and yeah. no one okay. sees DRB happen. And and this dude walk into the wardroom or the chief's mess and get lit on fire um, as a result, because that's what would happen to you. So, like, I mean, depending on what happened, right? Um, there are times where I've seen chief accountability happen in that way, where, like, I've seen I've stood in the room when a senior chief went to captain's mess, and like and I thought it, it got handled in a way that like I thought was appropriate because I I thought that should be visible. I thought they should see that senior chief in his dress blue, standing outside the wardroom, waiting to go stand in front of the old man. And that's exactly what happened. And I I don't know how often that happens. And I feel like it's probably pretty rare, but I thought they handled that correctly in that moment. But chief accountability generally happens behind the closed door of the chief mess. So like if chief Smith does something stupid, is that I don't a good know. thing
2: or a bad thing? That because I don't know because I can tell you right now from you're yeah. you're your talking to us to try to get our, our perspective, and I can tell you right now that's happened. That's happened while I was um, serving on on uh, a submarine, and yeah. the discourse that happened between the E six and and below, mm-hmm. it was I mean it was very negative. It was like what the. It's kind of like, what the hell? I mean, we we all go out to sea on the same boat. We all have to yep. sit here for odd hours of the day. And we all have to grind our butts off and yeah. we all have to answer to somebody, yeah, except the Chiefs. I, and that puts a very sour taste in yep. the majority of your crew's mouth because the majority well, that, of your crew is E6 and below. Yep,
0: go ahead. The,
1: those situations literally happen to a, on on Liberty ports. Like, it always, like oh, yeah. there's always the one super senior guy that clearly knows better. And he messes up in port and then everyone's talking about it the next day on duty. Oh, did you hear what senior chief so-and-so? He came back super crazy like he was throwing stuff all out. He was puking, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then, so, yeah, nothing happens.
0: Yes. Yeah, so or at the, least we, do, we don't actually see anything happen. <laughs> Here's my answer because like it is, it depends. I think the stuff that happens behind closed doors probably happens behind a closed door more often than it should. There, there are moments you, you're, you're in this weird balancing act where there's am i going to kneecap this chief so that uh he his ability to lead is compromised in that way because he did something stupid or if it's low level enough that i can correct it like i would if i cuz cuz if i'm going to destroy you right like if if you did something stupid and it's not something i'm going to put you on report for it's not something i i loathe writing counseling sheets because i think you guys' brains turn off as soon as i sit in front of you with a counseling sheet so like the only time i do that is if it's like i've already tried to intervene and in, like emotional appeals and yelling and whatever else i think will work before i formally document anything i like i've already exhausted those options like three or four times and now it's like look man you're it's starting to hurt the rest of the group i'm going to start documenting it formally get your head out of your butt but uh I feel like if it's not something that's like, if it's low level and I can handle it, I'm going to pull them aside behind a closed door, just like I would pull you behind a closed door because I don't want to embarrass you in front of your friends. But then I think that gets abused in the Chiefs mess because we have that closed door and because we have this weird fraternity mentality that I think a lot, a lot of times when, so like when Chief or Senior Chief gets silly in a Liberty port and clearly acts stupidly, that should be a public shaming. Like I had an XO where it's like, um, he did some dumb stuff, man. They, they told us all to not get in drinking contests with the South Koreans. And then what did the whole wardroom do? And then they come back and act stupid when they get to the boat. So the XO is on the 1MC the next morning. And he's like, I'm putting myself in the entire wardroom on Liberty Risk because we did exactly what we weren't supposed to do. And like, that's not the way we want people to behave on the submarine. That's not how leaders do things yeah. on, on submarines. And so we're not going to leave uh, the submarine for the next couple of Liberty Ports. But then the stuff that, I have a, a a pretty probably controversial opinion on chief accountability as far as like, if we're talking about like, like FT2 would go to captain's mast for this and probably lose a stripe. I think, you know, senior chief Smith should go to captain's mass and lose the star over his anchor. Like, I don't think that, right. and, and I don't know if, if that's the right level necessarily because of the leadership. So like, maybe they go up to, and see the Commodore, but like, I think that possibility should exist. I think if, you do something stupid to the flavor of like FT two would get busted down for this. I I think that chief should get like burned to the ground like to to the flavor of like if I'm going to hold an FT two accountable and take a stripe and take money and take freedom away for thirty or forty five days or whatever. This chief like or senior chief is like, I hold you to a higher standard. That's why I pay you more money, dummy. So like mm-hmm. you get to march up the hill, explain to the Commodore and the squadron CMC why you're such an idiot. And then I'm snatching that star and doing a whole bunch of other stuff because like that, I think that would send a better message. And then I think the like mea culpa that comes afterwards where like I, I had this experience once that's burned into my memory forever where I was at Subbase New London on shore duty. And a chief got a DUI and I didn't even know the guy like I didn't know it. The chief got a DUI, but the command did. And so they had a sudden all hands call in Dealey Theater or whatever. I think that's what it's called. Um, and I mean, there's like 150 submariners from all over the like shore duty command because sub base in London and tenant commands. Right. Um, and this dude had to stand on that stage in front of the movie screen and explain what happened and like own it and apologize to the room and explain to them like why that's not what chiefs do and how he's tarnished his anchors. And, oh, like, I've all seen this that co- several times. That and that's cool. I feel like that's like on top of the non-judicial punishment that can and should happen. And I like to the, a point where I think like if there's a chief that's doing chief things on a submarine and then does something like that snatches anchors. I think that should happen. And I think that fear, that healthy fear should exist where it's like, no, bro, you're not invincible. I don't want to hear act of Congress ever come out of a chief's mouth. I want them to Uh, know that like this, the Commodore can snatch their soul out of their body at any time.
2: I was going to say that's that's one thing in response to what we were talking about. That's Mm -hmm. one thing that I heard all the time from several chiefs when I was serving is uh, I get my or Congress appoints me or Congress gave me my ring, you know you know captain can't take this away or some some crap like that but i think you know if everybody has the same level of risks um as far as their career goes then you like why why would you not want that to happen i mean okay I, i shouldn't ask that question because i could answer that question with a couple of points myself but you get to i feel like you would garner or create better uh Following, like your yeah. subordinates would want to follow you more and have more respect for you if you were all on equal footing, not yeah. the same rank. You don't have to be right. the same rank to be equal footing, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, hundred percent. Totally get that. And,
0: and what's bizarre to me is in other services that can happen. Like a, a sergeant first class in the army can go to Article 15 and get reduced in rank by his commanding officer. Like that's it. You're done. You're now your staff sergeant have fun making it back to E7 and it's just like I, I don't understand why it's not real and it's not like the act of congress thing is not even real like you can go to court martial and it's just you're gonna get busted down but it's not I, I, I'd i have to do more research if I it could happen at admiral's mass I'm not sure but um Josh, I know I know you're thinking over there
2: man in, you're at court you're not saying a whole lot right now
1: <laughs> well yeah I'm, I'm just trying not to not to interrupt too much but it's uh it there is almost like that that perspective of like how, how many times did we say, oh, what's the worst that's going to happen to him? He's going to he's going to get put on another put he's going to get moved to another command or he's yeah. going to he's going to get a talking to nothing. Nothing really bad is going to happen to somebody with anchors, at least so we never we never yeah. saw much there's that,
0: administrative like. mechanisms so they have these yeah. things called letters of reprimand and letters of instruction and stuff like that where they'll put a letter in your record where you're never going to get promoted again but like that's not good enough like that's not it, the, the things chief, is still happen a that, chief yeah things that happen that you don't see and that's the problem is like you guys look at that chief and there's still a chief representing the mess as a whole and but then now they know they're never going to get promoted again so how's that going to affect their mentality blah blah, blah. so yeah like yeah. i like I've I've seen like senior chiefs that you that I've
1: seen a cob get his fish taken away as a punishment because of something that he did. Um, wow. And that's that's humiliating, sure, yeah, for but sure. What 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 happened to him? He retired as a master chief, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. So that that was so yeah. He got embarrassed and yeah. uh, you know that that's you know it hurt his it hurt, I'm sure it hurt his pride quite a bit. Um, But
0: at the end of the day, he pretty much just I mean carried on as usual good on that co for finding a mechanism at least but like I I would say like because there's also this weird concept where you have to you have to figure into the calculus when you're you're disciplining a person like that that is retirement eligible and part of the punishment is like okay you don't get to navy anymore um it's like up to that point did they give like did he give 21 years of honorable service and then he started acting crazy because then you have to figure into that calculus like should he be allowed to retire sure but should he retire at a lower pay grade absolutely and how severe is that like how severe is what he did and and then you have to figure out like how far down are you going to reduce him but like I don't (laughs) that dude shouldn't have retired a master chief in my opinion and I I like the move to take away his fish depending on you know if it was that kind of a of a an infraction which I'm assuming it was.
1: Uh, yeah, so I think that there is definitely like you are not going to treat somebody who has done clearly done a lot for the Navy. Yeah. Um, if they made it to a position of a Cobb they clearly have been a rock star for a long time, yeah. and you are not going to treat that guy the same way for making a mistake that you would tr- treat an E three. It's not sure. going to happen, and I would, I don't think anyone would expect that to happen. So we do, I do know that the, you you treat somebody the way that they deserve to be treated um, right so i don't think that anyone thinks that that the punishments are necessarily doled out unfairly um but it's it, it does like maybe a little bit of a, a small amount of transparency in places that can be allowed to be transparent would definitely help people kind of deal yeah. with those things better
2: yeah and i, th- I think that
0: yeah, I think the transparency piece applies not just to the accountability, which I think a lot of that stuff getting getting better communicated to the crew would would help with a lot of that. like them. them And this the funny part, like it's not funny, the ironic part about that senior chief I talked about that went to mass was like he's this. He was the senior chief on board that everyone on the submarine unquestionably would have like laid down in traffic for if they thought it was in his best interest. Like he all he did was take care of me. and like he got in trouble because he violated his integrity and told a lie when he was asked about the status of a system because he didn't. His guys had had a bunch of procedural violations and they were getting punched in the face and morale was low. And he's like, I just I can't let them get punched in the face again. And so he told a lie and then he realized what he had done. And then he immediately ratted on himself. And so like that's the dude that went to Captain's Mask. So it's like yeah. it was it was ironic that like. Like it's great that that happened that way, but it sucks that that was the situation that we used to like let everybody that. know we're holding Chiefs accountable because most people is, probably would have been cool with him skating.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it is kind of funny because we're. It sounds like this whole episode is like, "How do we make Chiefs accountable?" But like, in, <laughs> in reality, in reality, it's just like if you just if you're if you want to talk about like E six and below perspective on Chiefs and you want to talk about how you can possibly change the chief's quarters or you want to talk about how like chief and e6 and below coexistence can go in a positive direction or more, a more positive direction transparency or at least a, lo- a little bit more of transparency and effort to do that would go a long way because what happens when the e6 and below don't really get to get that information they, go- they start making conspiracy theories if you will about what's going on in the boat and they start like you want to talk about climate you know or command culture you want to talk about all this deck plate uh gibberish and all that kind of stuff they start coming to their own conclusions and then it just starts tearing apart the cohesion of the group so if you have that transparency and you communicate um or if there is a lack of transparency you kind of give a reason like treat everybody like adults you know like and it, yeah. and that empathy we were talking about earlier—if you were on the other side, if you were that e e three or that e five, and you wanted to understand why you couldn't know, what would you, what would you expect to hear? You know, yeah, and uh, that would yeah. go a long way because it's not and, like all chiefs are bad.
0: Yeah, and the sh- the stuff that drives me absolutely like ape is that they were that e five. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you, we don't populate the mess with anybody except for people that have been all like have stepped in all the places you guys are stepping so it's like it blows my mind that it's not more of a thing and it but it like i agree 100 percent that it needs to be that's what kind of where i was going with like with the accountability piece also but like chief's initiation with the stuff that happens behind a closed door like here's why it happens behind a closed door like I, i feel like just the attempt at transparency even if there's things that i can't i like i look i can't tell you everything but this is how this works and, like, and I don't think there's any harm in me sitting there explaining to you exactly how we rank E6s or like the, like the process. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you like what we said about you in the room because that there's mm-hmm. a different. that's going to be harmful and that's going to harm unit cohesion just as much as the secrecy does. But like me letting you guys know this, hey, this is exactly how we do it. This is the process. I don't think there's any harm in that. Like you can read a Sailor of the Quarter instruction. And it's got the grading sheet and I, I'll explain to you what the board process is and all that other crap. And so it's like you kind of, like you've got the answers to the test. Like if you want to perform at that level, that's how you're going to get recognized eventually with that type of an award. Same thing with EPs and everything else. It's like, it's not, it shouldn't be. And generally isn't a popularity contest. It's which I know a lot of people think it is, but because of that lack of transparency, everybody just thinks it's a popularity contest. It's, it's, it's like,
2: funny that. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up because that you said, everyone thinks it's a popularity contest. And I was going to say the number one reason that I ever heard anything negative is that would like, uh, ruined, ruined um, what's it called morale or anything like that mm. uh, concerning the chief's mess and leadership is when people were left to their own devices to come up with whatever yeah. reasons they wanted They yeah. start saying that oh it's because it's because a gang is you know like <laughs> the chief's pets or whatever or yeah. like you know this that and a third well, something
1: oh. that something that I have noticed is that, that the guys who have the chief that is clearly like the he's kind of like, like what do you guys call him like a like a bull chief or something like that where uh, they're like where they're 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 very influential in the oh, in the quarters yeah. I, right
0: like we don't really the yeah, more there's s- not a name for him exactly but like yeah i, yeah. I was that guy this, on my last submarine because i was a senior chief and the cob liked to disappear after 10 a.m in the o because the last boat was a bn and then like <laughs> like right. my CO so, would come get me after 10 in the morning like it was ridiculous so yeah god so so you have these uh
1: very influential chiefs that their opinion matters more than others, you know, and, and so, you know, that guys from, you know, if, if say like you have one guy that, you know, deserves it Mm. and you're really, really, really pushing for this guy to get junior sailor of the year and someone else may be more deserving of it, but you don't have that. You don't have a perspective on that guy, but you're pushing for this other guy. So the, the one that I've, I've noticed, and I've actually personally experienced That my chief fighting on my on my on my team for me got me um, a better result because he was able to sway the, you know, the group towards his opinion.
0: You're not wrong. And I don't think that 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 like mechanism ever will fully go away. But there's having been that guy a lot like I've been that guy to the point that I've purposely kept my mouth shut in some of those ranking boards because I knew if I started pushing, it's like I was going to win because like those guys looked at looked up to me. They like my opinion mattered to them. So if I said this is the guy, they're like, oh, well, he must be the guy. And so a lot of the votes would go my way. And it was to the flavor of like when my cob was in uh, ranking boards or or those like we're doing maps or we're doing whatever. I'd flip out on him if he opened his mouth like at all, unless it was like to stop some people from arguing or something like if you're going to insert your opinion unless something is so egregious and one of us doesn't catch it. Like you're 51% of the vote, bro. Like keep your mouth shut. If you say something on behalf of one of the sailors in here, a lot of the votes are going to go his way just because the Cobb said it. And so it's like, you got to be really careful that kind of stuff. And one of the things having been that guy so many times that I'm going to try to like, I'm going to write a lot of metric driven instructions and processes so that it like removes as much of that as possible so that the quiet chief like it's level in the playing field a little bit for them so that if they're because there's what should be happening. And that was one of the things that that I would do is like if my guys weren't cutting the mustard, man, I'd be like, no, nope, we're not because other people would look at me and be like, are you going to argue for your guy? And I'm like, no, we're not there yet. Like we're not at the promotable section yet. So like, no, if they're not performing at that level, I'm not going to argue for them to get a higher promotion recommendation than they deserve. Yeah. And that's a problem uh, because a lot of people do. They just like, if there's an EP to give out, they're going to like champion their person because they just want to win. Yeah.
1: I had a, I had a, my first taste of like, uh, rankings when I was a, when I made first class and they're like, all right, all the first classes get together and let's, uh, (laughs) let's, let's rank our, rank our people. And, I was, I was one of the type of people that like I didn't really associate that much with my own division. I was a diver and an FT, so I I did a lot of stuff outside my division. I worked with A-Gang a lot. I worked at Torpenium a lot. I worked at Sonar Tech a lot. I worked with everybody a lot. And so when we went into this ranking thing, and I know that one of the guys from another division is a very strong, you know, he's, he's, right. he's definitely should be getting an EP. Yep. And I'm like, and no one's speaking up for him because he has a weak first class. Yeah. His first class is just sitting over there like, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. He doesn't he's not doing anything to fight for. him. I'm like, hey, man, this this guy right here is way better than anyone you were talking about. And I don't understand why you're not out here fighting for your guy, because he's great and you're, you're not saying anything.
0: That's how it should be. That's how it should happen because I was the same way. Like there were moments in in ranking boards or whatever, you know, whatever board we were doing for a meritorious achievement or evals or whatever. Where a, a chief would they like because it had inevitably because there was no instruction because there were no metrics like you weren't required to prepare a package you weren't required to do whatever like they'd walk into eval ranking boards like f- five minutes removed from talking about some maintenance item that was like freaking underway limiting or whatever where like their their mind isn't even in it they're not prepared they didn't have any time to like get eval bullets from like MMA two. so they're in there and they're they brief their guy off the top of their head and they're when they're done it's like anybody got anything else and i'm sitting there i'm like this dude's got like a major collateral duty he like came down and like fixed everything in the galley for me or what like he did a whole bunch of crazy or like isn't that guy an acfl but the cfl was gone so he ran the whole pfa himself and we had zero failures like isn't that a thing that happened (laughs) also in addition to the five things you remembered and so it's just like there's not it needs to be more there needs to be less subjectivity in, su- in instances like that. And then there needs to be like a cultural uh, standard set where it's like it's we want the best and fully qualified. That's what it says in the precepts. So it's like when we're doing things like that, when we're mapping people or we're doing eval ranking boards or whatever, like you said, it, it unfortunately, a lot of the times it's this like shooting from the hip type of thing where we just, hey, there's a Chiefs meeting today. Well, what are we doing with the Chiefs meeting? Oh, we're doing E6 rankings. Like, what? <laughs> and it's in like 20 minutes. <laughs> and you're just like, that's not, that's not how that should happen, but that's how it does happen a lot of times. And I don't think anybody goes into that room with like the intention of sucking at it or the intention of, of not ranking people the best way that they can, but human beings are going to human beings so they're going to argue for their people because they have an emotional attachment to them, but it's like you got to detach yourself from that and realize like if and, and if it was more metric driven, I think it would make it a lot easier and provide more clarity for the people in that board. But if you have these sailors and you have just that at like FT1 that qualified dive like he's a battle stations dive, he's like a freaking, I don't know, like AQAO and he's like doing all this other crap like and he's crushing it and his divisions crushing it. They did great on like, I think they what do you call it Cree now or it like used to be TRE, but um, yeah, Yeah. like just doing just he's you, I mean, obviously the guy that should be number one EP sailor of the year person. And we're over here arguing for like the and no offense to my yeoman, but like the Y and one that's like 97 weeks dink duty chief and does just <laughs> just, just like does, does it. That's a real life example, by the way, does. like does admin things kind of well when VIPs come on board and we're going to give him an EP or we're going to rank him above FT one. Like, are you out of your mind? But because he's got a strong advocate in that room, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, it's, that's not the way that's supposed to happen. And it should be very like metric driven. There should be a lot of no like quantitative, like data that I can point at where it's like, are they punching all the boxes? And if they're this like, you know, Cause there could be somebody I, I got, qualified dive that sucks. You know what I mean? Like they just wanted to stay and dive instead of room watch. I gotta be honest.
2: I think that um, a lot of times, and I'm kind of thinking about it now, it's just kind of weird. Um, but when I was, when I was on the boat, I would think like, just, just not enough time in the day, mm-hmm. but that was like, a, it was like a crappy excuse to say, like, yeah, you know, you, would you want to talk about any sort of topic of the day to day, uh, task at hand um, that you wanted to do better. Yeah. Whether you're talking about maintenance items, whether you're talking about leadership, whether you're talking about how to get the shipyard to get their hat out of their butts <laughs> and and get you know the day to day going better, you know the the common answer would be like that. There's just not enough time in the day. And for me personally, when I was on my boat, um, leadership was something that I was really really focused on. Um, uh, I tried to like cr- I think I created. Uh, an organization that was like uh, supposed to try to get junior sailors to think about how they could be letter uh, better leaders and be the leader ship position. That's the next rank so that they're deserving of that next rank and all that kind of stuff. Um, And the, the thing that I ran into the most was just the the time. Everyone, divisions being taken for whatever sort of maintenance items, chiefs not being able to focus on this because they're focusing on a million different things, um, officers um not having the bandwidth to even you know kind of reach across the aisle to to impart some sort of leadership that they might have learned uh because they're just officers and they're doing war room stuff um and i think that that might be like when we're talking about this i'm like this is all good and all that we're, we're talking about how you can possibly you know make chiefs and e6s and below uh, more effective and coexist together and make that better but realistically a lot of people are going to hear this and go back to the commands and it's yeah. just going to fall on deaf ears. And it's just Where's going to be the like, there is no the time. Day. So I, I think that the, I think that there needs to be like a straight up, a straight up, just like start back at square one and, and make a time in the day. Like I, yeah, I used to sit there I and be agree. like, why don't you just, why don't like, instead of like having this sort of reinventing the wheel kind of thing, you know, when you talk about like planning your finances and saving money, you pay yourself first, like, um, some people say you should pay yourself first and then blah, blah, blah. That way you can make sure that you're taking care of yourself and your savings goal that you have or whatever. Pay yourself first by making it mandatory that every day your division spends time talking about what we think leadership is, um, yep. what what we think we can do to fill the roles in leadership here. Like maybe just ask a candid question like, hey, guys, on our day to day, what's working and what's not? What are you upset right. about and what do you think is going well? those kinds of things. And you make those mandatory, you stop talking about how little time you have to do all these other things because now people are naturally becoming better leaders who think about the wider scope of things and who actually feel like people care around them and they want to work better.
0: Yeah. But d-
2: not enough people can buy it or not enough people buy into something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, yep. you know, that's the problem. It's like the, what I've seen it, especially in my last submarine. Cause, cause like BNs like, I, you're basically punching holes in the ocean. Like you're so it's a training platform mm-hmm. like you're here. <laughs> have you guys, any you guys, yeah. you guys been on BNs. You guys were just fast not. boat guys, right? It's okay. I did an 88 for my first boat. I did a project submarine for my second one. And then I did a BN on my last one. And so BNs, it's like you're, you're punching holes in the ocean. So you're a training platform. You're a lot of times you hear him talk. We're training for inspections um, because the mission is so mundane. It's like it gets pushed to the background because you're literally just going into a missionary and punching holes in the ocean in case world war three happens. That's it. Like <laughs> that's what we're doing. And so you're, you're finding yourself in these situations where everybody would talk like one of the biggest complaints. And I was the simio on my last boat too. So I got to do all the command climate survey stuff. One of the biggest complaints you would ever hear is the war on white space. And just, they're talking about white space in the plan of the week and the plan of the day um, mm. where, I mean, just, burden just like laden down with meetings and trainings and like just drills and stupid like constantly it's like you just had to fill the day with something so it's like on that platform especially it's like it was all of the pain that we went through and the whole we don't have time to do anything and people aren't getting enough sleep was all self-inflicted there was so much crap that could have been an email or like why are we even having this meeting at all like just do your job or Um, Do we really need to do this many drills just for the sake of doing drills or whatever? It was just like, well, this is just what we do on BNs was the answer. And it was just like it drove me absolutely nuts. But you have to have somebody at the triad level that is going to push and say like, hey, Skipper, let's not do that because that's dumb. And let's program all these other things in because like if I do invest on the front end in leadership development and education, we're going to get a better product across the board with everything we do. And then you will have more efficiencies and more competent people doing a better job. So you don't have to have as many meetings and maybe we don't have to do quite as much training and maybe you don't have to do so many drills and code reds and blah, blah, blah. And it's like the other thing I've seen the also though is like there are existing mechanisms for some of this stuff to happen. And so like I, I... And I don't think it happened on my other boats, but on the last one, on the BN, you'd go to a pre-watch brief. So you'd go like the supervisory watches and this one all the way down to like... I mean, I, we had the FTOW, the Quartermaster, the RMO freaking... All the people, yeah, the, the, that level of Supervisor element all the way up to the offside deck. And we had this really stupid thing on a boomer just because we had to invent a fake watch for department heads. It was called Department Head of the Watch. <laughs> they would just come relie- they would just come relieve the office of the deck sometimes it was stupid um but th- so they'd all be there at the pre-watch brief and so we're talking about like the night orders and like these are the things evolutions we're going to do and um th- when we're going to do them and blah 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 and then we we'll all explode and change and the whole watch would be different and whatever but uh, you do the pre-watch brief and talk about those things and you just brief like the conditions it was almost like a a where you're like networking during turnover. Like you go get your turnover from the guy you're, you're going to relieve. And then you go into the pre-watch brief and talk about it and not some value, but not a ton. And then the, you do a post-watch training as so you'd get relieved, you'd eat, mm-hmm. you would do cleanup and then everybody would gather for post-watch training. It was like a, initially it was supposed to be like a, post-watch hot wash of everything that happened and like you're talking about lessons learned and you're talking about what we could have done better or whatever sometimes <laughs> yeah, you it experience was with that too yeah sometimes it was that and sometimes it was just like this mandatory like gather all the people waste a little bit more of their time and get a little less sleep and so it's like those those mechanisms i think came from a good place of like submariners we we learn from our mistakes and we go belabor them and we critique them and we just try to drill down and find out what happened, why it happened and how we can do better next time. And so like, I think you could get a lot more out of those. Like I have every intention of if I'm a Cobb, showing up at the majority of those post-watch trainings and just debo in like 20 minutes of it because it's like you're going to talk for five minutes and want to let your watch section go and that's awesome but instead of me artificially blocking off time for you to show up for leadership training i can just walk in and do it there i've already got you there i don't know if that's the best time to do it because everybody just got off watch and they want to get the fuck out of there but like i something like that like some of those mechanisms already exist to to do the things you were talking about But I also think the biggest piece of it is like what I said earlier, where it's just like, you just got to make it a priority It's what you said earlier. Like, you just have to make it a priority. Um, You just have to decide that it's important enough.
2: Well, I think everyone was always receptive and uh, wanted to chime in on any any topic of conversation that was going to positively affect them. If you were talking about uh, things to do and well, that's not a good idea because that was but, you know, just anything that might like just make their life a little bit better, they'd be like, oh, I think we could, you know, everyone's full of ideas. Everyone's got the the best idea to offer up on any topic. So when you start talking about something like um, uh, leadership or, or how you make people, I don't know, nicer to each other or more <laughs> courteous or supportive, people are going to be like, yeah, I think we should do this. And, you know, not everyone's right. got the idea that you should go with, but it's definitely going to have some engagement there. And, you know, it doesn't, you, you said there are those blocks of time and space that are, could probably be, probably be best served for something like that. Um, but even if it's not those kinds of space, uh, time blocks that you use, um, going into it with like, uh, your, your cut, your morning quarters or whatever the heck you do in the morning. Right. Um, or, you know, something just before you guys break for lunch, we're just like, Hey, uh, I don't know. Like for me, if I was like, a if I was the LPO, I would be like, uh, I, I could see myself being like, hey guys, I'm I'm checking out this book. I just wanted to read you something real quick and see what you guys thought about it. Or I I watched this guy's um lecture, wanted to show you something from what he said and, and what you guys thought about. I just I personally I'm not talking to you as uh E T one or whoever the heck right now. I'm I'm just talking to you as a dude. Like what do you guys think about this? Do you think he's full of shit or do you think he's talking about something that's legit? Like yeah, how, like you know, I, L- like love yeah. line with people. I had Being some
0: experience real. actually doing that with um, I'm a, I've always been like a, a leadership development and education guy. Shocking, right? Like I've been doing this for five years in my free time. But, <laughs> um, I doing so. I got to the last BN and we were we were in a shipyard period and then we went into the OCAB after. And then uh, I, so I gathered people. And I was like, "Hey, we're gonna do." It was back when it was still like CPO three sixty five phase one or what? It's now it's Sailor three sixty, and they just keep changing the name. But doing that like leadership training with first classes ahead of the chief season, and I was just like, "Do we have a program?" And they're like, "Nope, not really." Like this dude owns like the initiation stuff, but most most units don't have an actual program. If they do, it's like this half hazard like garbage that barely ever happens and if it does it's like it's like this mando fun feeling where it's just like oh god checking this box so this guy can put it on his eval um but we did it where like i'm a i so i posted those pictures of the of the studio area right so like i did like the first one i i ever did was like a history and heritage training and it's like i collect a bunch of chief stuff and um i have like some pretty pretty cool stuff like stuff that you think should be in a museum and like somehow i have it because ebay is awesome but uh mm. i did i brought all that stuff in and like set it all up and then i gathered like i think i had like 15 first classes because it was the cab. it was easy to devo people in there um and you could see like the engagement ha- where they at first they walked in there. A couple of them had like the phase one binder PQS thing and the rest of them were just like, Ugh, like, okay, I have no, I have no excuse to not be here. So I guess I'll sit here. And uh, by like, by the time I started talking and like showing them, it was like, you could see them be like, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And you got engagement out of it. And then the next one I brought, uh, who's a retired CMC that, when he was a CMC, of that projects boat, he it was his third Cobb tour and he had been a CMC in between. And he's just like this knuckle dragon A ganger that like, yeah. I mean, he was almost petrified by the time he was retired, dude. Like he's like a break glass in case of emergency <laughs> type of dude. And I, I learned how to be a chief from this guy and he was amazing. Um, he won the Frank Lister award, which is like the best Cobb in the submarine force. Um, oh, wow. Just great, great dude. So I brought him in to speak to them and like dispense wisdom. Right. And at that point, based on like, like word had spread, I had like 50 first classes in a classroom and they were like from different units and stuff. Um, and they were like sitting on the edge of their seat with like a look on their face, like they were witnessing living history. Like it was nuts. And I, I do it too. Like when I've heard this guy talk, like, I remember being a chief select standing in front of this guy where, like, usually I had this panicked feeling where I was like, How do I get out of here? Like, but, Mm -hmm. but, like, this dude, what he, we would, uh, you'd be tasked with something and it was like a history and heritage thing, or we had to do book reports and we'd give like status updates to see if we were actually reading the books. And of course we weren't because we were barely even sleeping. And so, like, they'd yell at us for a second, but then he would start talking about the book, not only like he read it, but he would talk about it like he was there. And I'm just like, how are you this good? (laughs) It was like he was the dude from Quantum Leap and he was just like talking about it like he was there and he watched it happen. And uh, so I would, I remember sitting there with that stupid look on my face and I was, so I'm watching all these first classes just like on the edge of their seat. And it was awesome because I like got to ask him all these questions or whatever. And then like by the end of it, like they were all just like shaking his hand and like, thank you so much for coming and like all that crap. And then like we were leaving the building and he's like, thanking me six times before we got to the quarter deck because he got to like be Cobb again for an hour you know what mm-hmm. i mean and, um mm-hmm. he'd been That's retired awesome. for three or four years and um so he was like it was a gift to him and then it was a gift to all these people in the room and i'm like i'm just the dude that set it up and it's like d- doing stuff like that is it's not it's not even difficult but it's like when you actually put meaning behind it and there's that authentic desire to, like, train and educate these sailors, like you were saying, just share. Like, I did stuff where I do, like, the Jocko Willink TED Talk on extreme ownership, and they're just like, holy crap. Like, because, like, who's going to argue with a Navy SEAL anyway? Like, of course, a dude walks in the room (laughs) and just has trident credibility. So it's like, and then he's also, like, this amazing combat leader that has all these crazy experiences, and he's talking about, like, the concept of extreme ownership was born from him screwing up. And having to take ownership of something that he thought was going to get him fired as a CEO, and so it's just like, I mean, it's it's awesome. And so they're just like, holy crap! And a bunch of great conversations. And I had st- I I have stacks of his books like that I just give to people all the time. And so I had a stack of books on one of the cruise mess tables and just handed them out. And it was just like, you get yeah. that engagement when it's meaningful and when there's authenticity behind it, where it's like you can tell when the the trainer or facilitator or whatever cares about what they're doing so it's like if a command made it a priority and you have somebody that can do that and it's not like it's not an easy thing to do like i know that i kind of have a talent for this stuff like i know that i'm i'm pretty good at like motivating a group of people or like getting them fired up about something Mm -hmm. like i've developed that ability over a long period of time and i like it helps that i actually am super passionate about this stuff and it's it's hard to fake that but it's like it's not hard to go find somebody like me or like that retired Cobb who's like kind of like that, where it's like, I know if I put that man in front of a group of people, they're going to be enthralled. Like I'm positive. He's never off when he's in those situations. Like he loves it. Mm -hmm. So when he gets to do that, it's like, so I can go find those people. If I'm not the guy, like just facilitate it. And then there's plenty of those old crusty retired guys that are just like chomping at the bit to be around sailors. Like I have this picture of, um, we were doing the chief season when I was at CSA school and we did it with a recruiting district. And the benefit of that was there was a bunch of other services. So we got to do a bunch of cool stuff with other service NCOs. And one of the, the basically the senior enlisted for the Marine Corps food service school was a, a master gunnery sergeant that had gone through the chief season. Cause that happens where you bring other service NCOs in when it's possible. And he went through the chief season with a corpsman chief in Iraq. So he had been an accepted chief, like the definition of for, for longer than any of us had ever been. Like he'd been around forever. So he got us into um, the, I forget what the name of it is, but the Marine Corps drill thing in D.C. We took a like a heritage trip to D.C. and he got us into the old Marine barracks during one. And we got to sit there and watch one of the shows where the, the Marine Corps drill team, uh, I think they're called like oh, the Commandant's yeah. Own or something like that. It's like the silent drill and a freaking incredible, super, super cool thing to watch. But we're like all in khakis and NS, the selects are in NSUs. And there's a bunch of civilians, obviously, because it's D.C. It's a tourist area. And uh, this little old lady, like she's probably 90 pounds in a vest. She knitted herself. She walks up to me on the (laughs) I'm sitting on the bleachers and she's like standing kind of beneath it by the handrail. She tugs on my on the sleeve of my khakis and she goes, uh, excuse me, excuse me. And I said, yes, ma'am. And she goes, that's command master chief. I work for a living. And I was like, what? (laughs) I'm I'm like, like super confused about what's going on. She goes, what are you guys here for? And I was like, "Oh, we have a bunch of chief selects with us," and blah blah. blah. And she goes, "Can I talk to them?" And I'm like, "Yes." And like, I <laughs> huddle them all around her. Turns out she's the first female command master chief of an aircraft carrier, and like, wow. had a doctorate wow. in something and what. I, and I like, so I have this picture of them all huddled around this little old lady, staring up at them, like knife handing them, dropping wisdom. And I'm just like, this is the <laughs> best day ever. And it's like yeah. those people exist. And they she was at like a, a veteran's home or something like a nursing home. Um, and they brought them there to see the, the drill show. And she was like, hey, look, chiefs and just walked right up to us. And th- those people exist everywhere. And it's like, yeah, you could just do that. Like you don't have to. If you're the chief that is soft spoken and not going to be the person that gets in front of a group of people and like gets them all fired up about topic X, go find somebody that can. Like they're all over mm-hmm. the place. And a lot of people, of course, like a three-time Cobb Frank Lister award winner, like you're same thing as a Navy SEAL. Like they're going to inspire that credibility as soon as they walk in the room. Like that dude's done everything. (laughs) Like he's been everywhere. He's done everything. He's going to inspire credibility from, from the first word that comes out of his mouth. So it's like, same thing. Like she was the same way where it was just like, she was amazing. And like, you could just see the selectees just like dumbfounded that they got to stand there and listen to this lady talk to him. And it was, it was cool for her. Obviously she was super pumped to see a bunch of chiefs. Um, so yeah man I like I think it's you make it a priority and then you do things like that that are meaningful and I like underway obviously it's going to be hard to do so hopefully you've got somebody that can do meaningful like leadership development and education but at the same time when you're underway is that really the priority like I I'm going to yeah. be more focused on operational stuff than I am that kind of stuff but um, but yeah man I think it's you make it a priority and it, it can be really really meaningful um now yeah, that I'm done monologuing agree. Um now that my monologue is complete let's shift to the uh to you guys talking for once and it'll be like like tell me about how you guys and and I don't know I read the website about section and it sounds like there's more than just the two of you but let me know how like we'll start with test depth and then get to the on the midwatch podcast but like how did you guys start this like what was it born from and then like what's the goal so there we so, were <laughs> on the yeah, Mid-Watch. Sure. <laughs> this this yeah. whole
1: thing yeah. with uh with test steps started when we were back in Norfolk, uh, stationed on the same ship uh, on the same boat. And, uh, we were like, dude, there's actually what we first did was we recorded like a practice podcast kind of thing. Okay. And, uh, it, it was, I mean, also did this other thing where, uh, I was like training Ellison, uh, like doing some physical training with him yeah. and he was trying to, you know, do some other stuff. But, and we're like, Hey, you know, there is, there's not really a brand of, clothing because like there's all this all this like um veteran owned businesses out yeah, there but it's all like and Army i was like stuff yeah i was like yeah. where's the submarine stuff there's really nothing mean, like any, anything that does exist is super corny yeah and it's <laughs> it's it's just like i'm not gonna wear a t-shirt that says that like yeah it's 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 really just like uh they're just kind of doing the bare minimum and i was like why don't we just start our own like clothing company and then from the clothing company um it's it went to uh some of what somewhat of a lifestyle brand and and then we're like well we need to we we want to do a podcast and we have another friend of ours that's uh that's not on, on the show with us today dan yeah. dan shelley who was also on the boat with us and he's just he's a he's a personality like he's just got a personality <laughs> on him um yeah. and we're like let's let's do a podcast i think people will actually might enjoy listening to us and so yeah. we've been we've been doing this for almost a year now is that right elson
2: yeah yeah just about
1: yeah so we've been doing it for about a year um as far as the business goes and um it's it's been very very slow start yeah uh, we're, we're we're only going off of our own capital so we're not we're not right. borrowing any money to to Ma- get stuff manufactured it's kind of just like whatever we've got because we both work and i'm going to school else you're going you're still going to school right
2: yep
1: yeah so we're both in college right now yeah. and um so we have only so much time in the day to to dedicate to the business and to the podcast and to right. school and to work and so um
2: it's we both it's, have wives that we won't, we don't want to leave us. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, ditto. I understand that. If, I, there's been more than once where, like, she's she's like, you've been doing a lot of podcasts lately. And I'm just like, I just if, yeah. if, if we get to the point where it's too much, just tell me and I'll figure it out. Like, it's not, I'm not yeah, making money throw, off this. I just love doing it.
2: Just throw <clears> something <throat> at me from the living room.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've told her it like more than, and she's not great with confrontation but it's just like she'll she, I've gotten her to the point over six years now that it's just like she'll like you but she'll she'll give me that you've been doing a lot of podcasts lately and that means she'll give you that slow down. You yeah
2: know. you'll know I, yeah, I understand
0: <laughs> yeah so like where do you guys see it going from here because like I I love that you're doing it on your own and with your own money because like I think that's the way to go but how like where do you see it going from um, here like what's what's the end goal
2: well um I think I think we want it to be. I think we want it to be everything that submariners want it to be. Honestly, when we were talking about this, when we were on the boat, um, and we were talking about how there isn't this uh, thing for our community. We we just like really didn't understand why. I mean, like you know, have forged um, uh, Rangers and all that. Like Army dudes have, I guess. Black Rifle Coffee Company is one kind of thing that they have. Yeah, they got Army's got like
0: grunt style and like yeah, uh, they've got a a ton. Eleven Bravos, all kinds of crap. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, a nine line I think is also. Yep, yep. Um, There's a ton of them.
2: So so they've got like a lot of these other communities have have um, veteran owned businesses that pay homage to the community related to them. And I just, we just didn't understand why we, we couldn't have something that kind of, uh, grasps that identity that like we kind of jive with, or we feel like the majority of people would like to jive with. Um, like you said, there's a lot of corny, um, companies out there for submarines right now. And then, you know, and that's completely fine because there are people who would prefer that, but we also serve with some pretty crass and just candid people in the submarine community. And we wanted to like be able to harness that. So as far as where this go, where this, where we we want this to go, we want this to be as big as it possibly can be. But like we said, we're doing this with our own capital right now and slowly trying to get the engagement from our following and, and, and get people to like, um, um, I don't know, to, to just, uh, to to share our um share our efforts uh yeah. because we have i think our following right now is a, is about like guess, 700 um if we can get people to continue to spread the word it'll give, gain us more exposure which will help our, our traction um but we definitely want this to be like a legitimate like namesake for the submarine community like yeah. we we say what we are the premier um submariners lifestyle and apparel <laughs> brand because that's exactly there, there who we claim one. to be yeah. Yeah. you know there. that's exactly what we want to be and no one else is trying to do it like we are and uh Mm -hmm. and so we 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 stepped up to to do that and when we can we absolutely want to like constantly put our best foot forwards with the kind of products that we give like as far as like what they look like how people like them um what people want and you know that comes with engagement and and whatnot so
0: it's awesome man like i i dig it because like i've been same thing in the back of my mind but it was more focused on like like obviously part of what i identify with as submarines is a big part of it but um Mm -hmm. like like cs stuff uh chief stuff like it's all super corny and low quality in my opinion like i haven't seen many like there's a lot of chiefs that do like side hustles that um like there's one called um i can't read something about snapbacks it's like uh He does like hats primarily, but he does like some shirts and board shorts and stuff that they're not bad. Um, Not exactly like my style or whatever, but like they're better than the crap you see in like the Navy prize section of the NEX. And it's just like (laughs) there's nowhere else to go, man, like besides Etsy and like these chiefs Facebook groups where it's like people are making stuff, but it's mostly some guy with a CNC machine or like somebody just making really corny stuff that's not. It's like for fifty plus year old veterans and retirees, it's just not my thing. And I'm like, why can't I get like some chief stuff that I'd actually wear in public and that's not gross? You know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, I think the thing about it too is like when we were talking about doing test steps, and I remember sitting on cruise mess and like trying to be like, all right, what's the logo going? Like, it needs to be because I was like, I was when I was envisioning it, I was like, okay, you know, hopefully, in like some years down the road, this is like super legit people you know, constantly visit our website and they have our products. Like, so I was trying to come up with the brand name and the logo and all that kind of stuff like that. And I wanted to make it like super sleek, but kind of like minimalist and attractive. Um, but then I was like, okay, I was thinking about like how I could do that and like what people would like. And then I was like, I don't just want to have a, a company that just pushes products. Like I want like with, with, um, with forged, if you were to think about forged, I don't think. You know, to each their own, but I'm not going to wear forged gear because I'm not a freaking seal. And I feel like it'd be 100% agree. Yeah. You know, wore that clothing. But I want people, submariners, to wear tattooed up we want people to to wear test steps up because they're submariners and because they like actually shoot the shit with each other, Uh, whether they're listening to our podcast and like, man, like that was freaking funny or whether they're chilling with sailors and sticks and having a cigar and some drinks. And like, they're actually engaging with the community. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, submariners that you, I met in, uh, Groton when I was a sub school student, um, that were out of the Navy, um, that, are super prideful still about their service and like, I don't blame them. Um, And they, and they freaking love it. And, and it shows you that people still want to stay connected to that camaraderie, that culture that, I mean, I keep saying it, but like, I love and miss how candid and straight up that we are. That's one thing that you, you don't get in the civilian world (laughs) um, that much. I'll tell you, tell you that. Um, And so test step, we want it to be, you know, a great company to give people, dope products that they really like but we also want it to be like actual like legitimate community and i and i like the way that um i mean i talked to josh about this all the time i think that black rifle coffee company has the 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 advantage of whatever <laughs> wherever they get their funds from they've been doing pretty well yeah. um and, and that's their business um but the way they have everything looks so freaking crisp and clean and all that yeah. kind of stuff all the time like i i i hope Eventually, that we get to that level because, um, it's just they get to do a lot more stuff with their community. You can tell they have fun with yeah, the guys yeah. that they served with, and there's and,
0: something about like the, all the SF guys from other services. Like, when they like it, doesn't matter who, but it's like if they start businesses, it's like they all just call like Jocko Willink or Tim Kennedy and get on the Joe Rogan podcast, and then boom, revenue, <laughs> you know, like yeah, right. those guys have yeah. connections that I feel like I'm not cool enough for or whatever, but it is what it is. I'm not exactly like I have this uh, I think it's I've thought about I've had a bunch of people encourage me to like monetize this and it's just like I have this ethical conflict with like all I'm doing is leadership development right now and it's like yeah I get paid as a senior chief in the Navy right now and it's like so am I like is it above and beyond like duh yeah for sure but it's like outside of trying to recoup my expenses which I've I've set up a store selling like t-shirts and stickers and crap just for that. Like all it's for is so that I can like help recoup all the money I spend on like the subscriptions and website yeah. and all that crap. But, um, and then I, the new website, I just moved to Squarespace cause it's so much better than WordPress. And, um, I added like a donate button and it's like for that express reason, it's just like, Hey, like this cost me, to Squarespace yeah, dude, you do. It's so much better. Um, but it's like, it's so much more functional than than WordPress, and like I got to the point where the site kept going down, and I just like I couldn't figure. I'm just I'm not a tech guy. Like I'm not. I can figure some stuff out, but it it is more expensive, but it's so much better. It works so much better, and so like I got over there and added the donate button for the same reason because this stuff's expensive, and I'm paying all out of pocket for all of this. So, sure. um, so yeah, man. And it's like I, but I also like have in the back of my mind like I want to do something with clothing and and apparel and whatever at some point, just like a lot of heritage stuff and chief stuff and probably some submarine stuff and whatever for the same reason. It's just like, I want to wear that. I'm prideful. I want to wear that stuff, but it's like, I'm embarrassed to wear a lot. Like, it's just not my style to wear a lot of the crap that you find at like the necks or in those cheese groups or wherever. And I can't honestly find much submarine stuff that like at all, let alone, you know, unless it's like some, shirt we made on the boat for the boat you know or it's half well, time those those are terrible too
2: you made mention about like how those dudes in the um in all those other veteran-owned companies they like just make a few phone calls talk to T- yeah. T- and <laughs> Joe rogan or jock or whatever and then they like boom they've got a huge following but yeah honestly i look forward to the day because test step isn't going anywhere and hopefully yeah. um don't give up the shit podcast doesn't go anywhere um and the other people who are are doing the stuff that we're doing in our community doesn't go anywhere because we're we're going to carve out our own space in our own neck of the woods you know and if we we like support each other like working with sailors and sticks and getting to know um, brian brown and nick church um over the past well i guess it's been a year right josh um i mean we knew we 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 went on went underway with um nick but you know getting to know those guys and and what they're doing i mean it's really dope to just meet people in the same community they might be in different lanes but meet people in the same community and just like let stuff happen naturally and genuinely
0: dude yeah Um, that's how this whole podcast happened man like i yeah five years in and it's like i've got i've gotten connected with all kinds of incredible people that it just like melts my brain that like yeah and it's super cool because it's not they're all grinding in their own lane and like um, mm-hmm. Like, I think you didn't you guys talk to Tommy from 15 fathoms recently? Yeah, yeah. we had Tommy yeah. McConnell
2: on our show. I think it love was like that the dude. first or second episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, love that dude. Like he reached out and like all these. And it's so it's like and I, I've i had a lot of people contact me and I've reached out to certain people. And it's just like, man, it's super cool that like I feel like I, I have this network of people and I lean on them all the time for podcasts where I'm like, hey, come on and help me do this thing. Like the teaching the Creed episodes is all people that I've just met. Through networking on the podcast. And like, I encourage you guys if you're not already doing stuff on Reddit, like post your podcast on Reddit, you will absolutely get butchered in the comments, probably, but like you'll also hook up with some uh, really cool people through that too, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've met all- and interviewed some really dope people.
2: We're all submariners and I'm so used to getting on constantly yeah. that like, it just doesn't even, <laughs> yeah, that's me. What you, could, do, you
0: could be like, all, all uh, the I was going to say, tried to warn me. Like they're yeah. like, dude, you're yeah. going to get your, like you're a chief and you're coming on here posting about like how to be a better leader. Like, I just need you to understand what's <laughs> about to happen. Like these guys are going to destroy your soul. And I'm like, bro, I've been submarining for 20 years. Like, I there's not a person on earth that's going to shame me into submission or like make my feelings yeah. hurt or whatever. So I'm like, good luck with that.
1: Yeah, you could be like God's gift to submariners, and still everybody else will talk shit about something a thousand that you're doing. Percent.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty certain i don't have a soul anymore so yeah point,
0: it's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's already been good. removed uh jokes yeah. on you nerds you're not gonna hurt my feelings it was
2: removed or replaced with dolphins or something like that i don't yeah. know yeah
0: yeah long time ago to land far far away all right you guys got any save rounds alibis you want to le- at the very least put out like where everybody can find on the midwatch where everybody can find all the test step stuff
2: yeah sure so you guys can go check uh the test steps out at uh www TeamTestDepth.com. Um, that is our online storefront. Um, and uh, we also have a podcast that's on anywhere you can find podcasts, or most places you can find pos- podcasts, actually, and it's called Only on the Midwatch. Um, yeah, just uh, check us out. Let us know if you guys like uh, our content. And if you don't, I'm sorry. We'll do our best to uh, appease you in the future, probably. Uh, we also are, are on Instagram um, at test Depth and uh, and Twitter at test Depth um one so it's the number one after test death but we don't do anything on twitter so nice yeah.
0: <laughs> all right i'll put all that sh- stuff in the show notes to you so people can find it and uh hopefully push a little traffic you guys way. because i am a big appreciate that supporting yeah. veteran-owned businesses especially a bunch of bubbleheads trying to do good things man because we'll have to have are- you on our show absolutely man 100 i'm yeah. i'm a little busy right now with all this crap i told you about before we started recording but yeah. i'm about to be uh roaming in a hotel room in hawaii in a few weeks i'll have a lot of time on my hands sweet sweet so all yeah right, man, man for, for sure us. yeah thank you guys i really appreciate it. the perspective was super fun i've been i've been trying to uh to wrangle junior enlisted without feeling like I'm a senior chief forcing them to do it. <laughs> so this was perfect. It was awesome to get, yeah, guys get some guys who are already out and don't care. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's the best kind, man. Cause you guys will be candid. Cause there's no fear repercussions. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah problem. Catch you next time. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I, I had fun. We've been trying to line this up for a minute. Um, uh, in the show notes, he mentioned it at the end, but there's links to everything. So if you want to get to teamtestdepth.com, test uh, it's in there. If you want to get to their social media accounts, if you want to link to the podcast, it's all there. Uh, so go check those guys out, give them a follow, give them some business and support them. I'm a big fan of if I can using the platform to support veteran owned businesses. Uh, but it was also fun to finally talk to uh, junior enlisted submariners about their experience with leadership and everything else. So Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you if you have any questions for me or need anything, hit us up. Don't give up the podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message me, don't give up the podcast. Or you could DM me on Instagram or Reddit, DGUS Podcast. Hit us up. You can get on Reddit in the in the subs and discuss the things with us and tell me uh, how bad I am at interviewing, whatever you want to do. Uh, and just interact. It's, that's that's the key. Uh, and then if you could uh, help us out to get the word out, like, share, subscribe, review all the things on all the platforms, social media, on everywhere you get podcasts, the more you do that, the more the algorithms like us enough to get the word out to the people that might be interested. Uh, So it's a, it's a big help when you can do that. So if you would, that would be lovely. Uh, And also last thing, we got the website back up on Squarespace finally. So uh, it's working way better. Uh, So if you want to support us, you can go to dspodcast.com slash shop got stickers and magnets and t-shirts and stuff like that just to, so you get something. And then uh, it helps us keep the lights on and pay the bills. We also added a donate button for the same reason. It's literally just to support the cost of doing this. Uh, Squarespace Squarespace is more expensive than uh, WordPress, which was effectively free with the exception of some plugins and stuff. And then, uh, you know, subscription fees to SoundCloud, a bunch of other stuff, um, equipment costs, whatever. So uh, it helps recoup the cost of, uh, of our doing this. Cause it all comes out of pocket. So, uh, if you, if you can, and you would like to, we got the donate button on the website now that's fully functional. And if you would like to, uh, go to the store and get a shirt or something and show your support, that'd be lovely. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.